But I just want to validate for those listening that it's okay if you don't have your words and if you're struggling to communicate those things, that listening to podcasts like this help you find your words or maybe talking with a neighbor or a friend in a way that's not slandering your spouse or doing any kind of character assassination or being, you know, vulnerable in an inappropriate way, but going to a friend saying, Hey, you know, what do you do with this parenting topic and how do you communicate to your spouse that you need more help around the house or that you need that you're hitting your limit with the kids? You know, what are your words that you use in communication? and welcome to the Advice Not Given podcast. Each week, we share unfiltered, truth-telling conversations between two friends. You're invited to eavesdrop as we give each other the advice you didn't ask for, but wish you did. We're your hosts, Kelly Artis and Claire Wood of Millspo Gurus, and this is Advice Not Given. episode 27 of the Advice Not Given podcast. We are excited today to talk all about relationships. And you may be thinking, well, gosh, don't you guys talk about relationships nearly every episode? Answer to that is yes. But today we want to take a little bit more of a focused look after last week's episode, kind of broadly looking at marriage. We want to go a little deeper and a little more focused on extended family relationships, on parenting, on the relationship we have with ourselves and knowing what we need and what we have to offer. And so we're going to be talking all about that today. And we are very excited. Our actual advice guest that you will be hearing from later in the episode is Miss Corey Weathers. And she is going to have just a wealth of information for us on these uh, issues and topics as well. So Kelly, tell me a little bit about what you think of when you think of relationships that really matter to you beyond your marriage? Like what are the next most sacred or most uh, important or maybe most stressful relationships that you have? (laughs) Usually that goes hand in hand, right? Right? Um, (laughs) Yes. I I mean, I think family for sure. I mean, these are the people that, that raised you and that um, know your deepest, darkest, usually, you know, they know what you've overcome. They can relate to uh, just about everything to include, you know, culture and stuff that you grew up around, where you're from. your struggles as you were younger, you know, I mean, everything, right? So yeah, definitely family. Um, you know, I step out from that as friends, obviously. Um, I know in our life it kind of, it fluctuates and it's kind of interesting to, to talk about cause we have to kind of swap out friend groups so frequently. Um, but it's insane, especially when you deal with stressful stuff in your life, how quickly friendships, um, in the military spouse community can become like really important and really deep. Like, so fast, um, just because of the the pressure cooker of stress that we live in. Um, so yeah, I think those are the two biggest ones for me. I mean, I like to categorize all of my relationships, as you know, I compartmentalize just about everything and everyone. Right. Um, not, not saying that's a good thing, but I am aware of it. <laughs> um, and I, I have layers. I think everybody kind of always has a level at which they connect with people. Um, I think you just have to keep an eye on it, make sure you're not like too guarded, but also being smart about who you trust and there is, there is a lot to it. I would say the same extended families, um, very important, but I, I always am struggling in the tension of they are so important, but yet we're really not a part of each other's day-to-day lives. And so mm-hmm. we 
try to stay connected and we try to, to stay involved, but there's just so many pieces of their lives and ours that we just don't know about because we're not sharing in that in a physically together type, you know, we're not living in the same place. Um, but then I would also add as part of family, like parenting and kids. And I have found that as my children have gotten older, I've mentioned before, but I have a 12, 14 and 16 year old, um, it's just getting trickier and heavier. And, you know, I've heard it said before when they're little, um, you're physically worn out through the day from all the things that you have to do for them. But as they become teenagers, you are mentally and emotionally drained. And that keeps you up at night <laughs> because of all the, the things you're kind of carrying with them and for them. So I'm always in pursuit of how how to do this better, how to either give myself more grace or be more rationally or reasonably holding expectations for them um, and even for extended family and friendships. So that's kind of where I am with this. I have a question um, about that. So I feel like my kids are still little enough and I'm now it just like this question just jumped into my head. What's the difference between like, how do you get from parenting to having like actual legit relationships with your kids? Cause I'm seeing like, I feel like for the most part when they're little, you're kind of just like you're guiding you know, mm-hmm. yeah, you know them. They're funny. You talk, you know, you love them. I said that once, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. But how does that cross into like, hey, you know what? I'm going to bear my soul to you about this thing, or I'm going to trust you with this thing, or they start trusting you with this thing, right? Because I feel like that's kind of a marker for me of relationship. Like, would I tell you something? Would I entrust you with something? Um, I wonder at what point does that start to like shift to where you're not just yeah. like shepherding things in your house, right? Like other humans, you're right. actually like, I don't know. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, do you see what I'm yeah. asking? I feel like there's I do a line see what there, you're asking. there. I think there's a line, but I think it's true. Like so many things, it's a blurred line. And I think it's something that doesn't all just kind of, you know, just wake up one day and it's there. I think it comes like so many parenting things just in these little, these little stages and these little transitions. And I can say like in our situation, um, we, over the last two years, I would say, have started watching some shows with our kids that are a little bit more, you know, advanced or have like more content that a little kid wouldn't watch. The Office, um, maybe with some language or different sense of humor. And like, I think now that we're sharing some of those um, same anecdotes, like from that shared experience of watching that, like their humor is developing and like, it's not little kid humor anymore. It's like they're getting the funny jokes and the innuendo. and. Yeah. Yeah. But, if it, but comma, you know, at the same time, I don't feel like we're to the place where I think, oh, I'm friends with my kids because in my estimation, there's still parenting left to do. Um, and I think that, I don't know, I think it's just something where you have to be very mindful of that to not portray your problems and your issues onto your kids when you get to that place of intimacy, I guess is the right word where you're sharing struggles. Like, I I guess I don't feel like my kids are ready to handle hearing my struggles. Like I'm still the person that needs to be there for them in theirs. Well, they need to feel safe, right? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe a a listener who's older can, can chime in on that and let us know, like if there is a magic age, I just haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah. I remember one of our, our biggest PCS was to California and my daughter was four. (laughs) And you know me, I know everything, right? So I was like, oh, I'm going to prepare her. I'm going to be real with her about this PCS. And I'm going to like break, let her know, like, it's going to be sad to leave our friends. I I don't think the thought had entered her mind. And I told her like, in all honesty, like, mommy's so sad too. She wasn't sad, but I was sad. (laughs) 
And then all of a sudden she was like spiraling because she was like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. we're supposed to be sad, you know? And like, it was really rough. It was a rough transition for, I don't know if it would have been had I not just like, I don't know, not given her so much. So yeah, that's. Here's kind of a funny aside on that same note. So I was having a rough day. I've had a couple of rough days and my son who's 16 came into where I was and kind of put his arm around me. He's like, are you okay, mom? And my first thought was not, oh my gosh, I have raised such a sweet kid who is sensing and and can see that something's off with his mom and is caring enough to ask. No, Mm -hmm. my first thought was, was it that obvious? Like he shouldn't be care. He shouldn't be worried about if I'm okay. Like, but but like what in the world? Like that's crazy of me to not expect him to notice that. And then to feel guilt that he has empathy. So Set up oh, you're doing your again. job. Tie me up in a straight jacket and send me off somewhere. <laughs> no, I, I like that too, though. I mean, my daughter, I, I guess both of my kids do. They'll notice when I'm stressed out. A lot of times I get defensive, kind of like you, but it's almost like, well, just because I'm, you know, yelling at you for your room being dirty or whatever, like, doesn't mean you get to be like, mommy, you're so stressed out. Right. What's wrong? I'm like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't pander to me. But then also... My daughter also is like the very first one. If she's struggling with something like her friends are being drama or whatever, she'll be like, did you ever deal with this? Like they want a touch. They want to hear like your experience. How did you handle it? You're not the only one kind of thing. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, commiseration, whatever. And I can, I can make up a story to tell. I mean, I don't, I try to be truthful, but um, yeah, sure. Hannah. I mean, I'm sure I handled, I dealt with that at some point, you know, give her Mm -hmm. something and it makes her feel better. So Yeah. yeah. And then even another layer is Ryan will tell me when I'm I'm saying, you know, to one of our kids, like, well, I know how that feels. I dealt with the very same thing. He He's always caution, cautioning me of like not projecting my oh, issues yeah. onto our kids, which is another whole podcast episode series, probably <laughs> not even one episode. Full transparency. Had a super rough day yesterday. Called my mom. I was like, I give up. I'm just done. Like, I don't even know how to be a grown up, let alone a parent. <laughs> Let alone, you know, figuring out like navigating school stuff and all, you know, it, we, and, and I told him, I was like, mom, I, my kids are good. Like they're not having massive issues. Like I cannot imagine people that really struggle with, you know, all kinds of other, you know, emotional or behavioral adjustments right. that need to be made, you know, and like, just gave me a huge appreciation for those mamas and daddies that are like fighting daily for their kids um, because of special needs or, or whatever accommodations need to be made. Um, and I just, and it all boils down to like, I feel like one of my son in particular um, is just really misunderstood and nobody else mm-hmm. sees him the way I see him and it breaks my heart. And then I'm like, and then like you just said, like I'm like spiraling because I'm like, I'm screwing him up. Like I'm a breath away from like creating that moment in him. And this is the, this is the danger of all this like Enneagram stuff and self-awareness and all this. Then you start looking at what you're doing to your kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it all comes back to you know, you know, your relationship with yourself. And then you're like looking back at your relationship with your parents and whatever. But then you're like, oh crap, I'm raising kids right now. Like, what am I doing to them? So yeah, yeah I had a moment and I was like, mom, up. I don't want to do it anymore. Not in like a you know serious way, but I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. She's like, Kelly, you're fine. You're doing exactly yeah. what you're supposed to be doing. Like you're just, it's just hard. Well, I think you bring up a good point too. You did the right thing by calling your mom. Like you were kind of raising a white flag emotionally and letting uh-huh. somebody who who was not so emotionally invested in the moment offer you some feedback and some advice and an at a girl and a pat on the back. And I think that's one thing we all have to try to keep in mind is as parents and even with like extended family relationships, like 
we're playing the long game here. Like we're not, our kids are always going to be our kids, even when we're 60 and they're 40. And our parents are always going to be our parents when they're 80 and we're 60. So like the, the relationships aren't going anywhere, but we've got to look at the, the long game. And I often have to remind myself like, okay, Claire, take a step back from this. You're tired. You are, you know, going on fumes. You are whatever, fill in the blank. Those are your circumstances that are maybe causing you to feel a little bit more emotionally charged in this moment. And one bad day does not equal a bad life. One bad parenting moment does not make you a bad parent, right? And I think I get so just spun up with all of that that I can tend to take a very negative, like I I put a lot of negativity on myself of like, I've messed up, I've messed them up. And no, and and that's one thing I'm grateful for with Ryan. He is able to keep a little bit more of a level-headed approach. And when I come to him with these like, oh, the world is ending, you know, he's like, you've got great kids. Like this is one little blip of like one little thing. Like don't let this inform your whole outlook. And so that's a, an so, advice for myself, you know, just to yeah. go back. <clears throat> well, and just to add to that too, like I, the same exact thing that I think that my son was dealing with is exactly what I'm dealing with, just mm-hmm. in a different, like in the mom way versus the son way. And then my mom was able to like, it's almost like le- levels of like distance, right? Like that we needed, like he's, he's, he can hold it all together until he can't. And guess what? We've got emotional stuff going on in the house, like changes with, you know, Andrew being deployed and whatever. And it finally just brimmed and bubbled over. And now he's unraveling, right? Like, and so then, then all of the like telltale, like not paying attention, all that kind of stuff is happening at school. So me, same thing, right? I'm like holding it together, holding it together, holding it together. And then a phone call from the school bubbled me over. Like, I give up. And mom's like, that's what Reese did. Like, yeah. He just gave up. He got to, it's too much. There's too much. There's too much emotion going on. And I was like, oh my God, I don't. And then I'm like, I don't know. It's just, I, you can't see it. You just can't see it uh, when you're that close or when you're that stressed about a thing or if it's that like heightened. Um, so that <laughs> relationships, hashtag relationships, knowing your people, knowing how to like call them out. Like, hey, you know, I can, I can, I can commiserate with Reese and I can say, listen, mommy had the same kind of day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's because of you, but <laughs> Yeah, that you had, yeah. and then my poor mom probably hung up, and she's probably having all kinds of feelings about it too. Just- she's probably like, I probably need to just go down there and stay with them for a couple of days. Um, don't even joke. She offered. I had to talk her out of it. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you've probably seen something floating around, and I'm going to probably butcher it, but it's like, what would you tell your best friend in this situation? And it's going to be something totally different than you tell yourself, right? Like. If you're your, or your mom, right? So why do you think it's so hard for us to like turn that same advice on ourselves? Why, like as humanity, can we not like give ourselves a break and give ourselves the benefit of the doubt? Like I'm, I'm really asking you for an answer yeah. to that. Why? No, I know I don't because it, I tell, I tell. Oh, yes, it, it's so true. Like you can hear people talk about themselves in ways that they would never speak about a friend. And I, you know, I've told people in my life that I love. Like, I'm not going to stand by and let you talk about yourself that way. Like, right. if anyone else said those things about you, I would be taking out my earrings, you know, we'd be fighting and pushing my sleeves up kind of thing. But like here, you're just going to like, you're going to just beat yourself up like this. Like, it's not okay. Mm-hmm. It's not healthy. And I don't know if it's because we don't um, value the relationship that we have with ourselves in the same way that we do with others. Um, right. You know, like, well, th- you know, if you're just not even aware of your own sort of 
like me, like I didn't see it. I didn't see how emotionally fragile I was yesterday. Like, you know, now I do. I'm like, oh God, you're, you're really giving yourself a hard time because if I've been able to get some distance from it and I had somebody like kind of stop me in my tracks and say, Hey, this is a bad pattern. You know, like sometimes you Mm -hmm. need that. You need that from other people. And then you need to come around and like have the respect for yourself and the love for yourself to be able to say like, you know what it is. Okay. And I heard this somewhere. Um, and I just, I freaking love it. And it has to do with like your like soul and your body. Sometimes I have to sit back and think of like little baby Kelly. Mm-hmm. So like think of a baby, like childhood version of yourself and kind of tuck that away somewhere in your mind. And like, anytime you're like beating yourself up, whatever, like think back to, would you treat a baby version of yourself that way? Yeah. Like, don't you're precious, just as precious mm-hmm. as a five-year-old Kelly, yeah. you know, whatever. So like, I like that a lot. And then I also like, um, when I'm thinking about my body, like my physical body or being critical in that way, um, someone I follow calls their body a her or a him. So not mm. it hurts. She hurts. She hurts. Right. Mm. I like that. Doesn't that, what, like that blows my mind when you start thinking about that, like that, like her head hurts, you know, or <laughs> just, yeah. it's, it's kind of crazy sounding, but you'd be surprised at how instead of making yourself inanimate, right. Or like right. not important, you're an it. You're having an actual time. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So well, I two know, things to respond to you. Number one, we do have to be careful because if I start hearing you talk about little five-year-old Kelly and her little <laughs> head, I'm going to get worried. This is all inside my head. This right. doesn't leave, you know. <laughs> you segue perfectly for me talking about the body because I do think, and again, please, we are not professionals. We are just um, <laughs> point of gurus here. But I do, I wonder if there is, there's something physiological when we hold in too much stress that it does have to come out. You were talking about kind of melting down or bubbling over with your son yesterday. And like, I, th- I think that's very real. And I know as somebody in the head triad, I'm so in my head, I sometimes start to feel physical symptoms of my stress and my my jaw clenching. I feel my blood pressure rising. I feel my heart racing. I feel, you know, all these things that left ignore it. You know, if you continue to ignore them, they are going to bubble out in some way. And so I think that that's normal. I want to challenge myself to get to a place where I'm managing it better day to day. So I'm not like, you know, when it, when I finally blow. Yeah, no, same. Yeah. Same. And that was just like, me. that was just a personal. <laughs> no, it's true. It's so true. Like my, I was, I was joking with somebody because I'm like, hey, my mom and a couple other people are like, you need to go in, you need to talk to the teacher. I was like, I can't because everything I have to say is going to come out as like water from my eyes. And I hate right. that. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know how to like, I can't because it's Reese. If it were like anybody else, my daughter like is killing it in school. She's amazing. Right. She you know, like, but this, for some reason I have this like, I'm so protective because I know that he's going to consistently be misunderstood. Like, and I want him to have the same chance, you know, and because of his own sweet little personality and all of these things, like I'm scared to death that no one's going to see him the right way. So when I think about him or I talk about him, like it's this, it's a nerve. It's just a nerve. And I'm like, like bawling. And I'm like, that's Mm -hmm. stupid. Like I could be angry and it still comes out looking like that. Yeah. No, and then I'm not taken seriously. And I'm just like, and that's a five thing. Like, you don't know what you're talking about because there's water coming here from your face. And right. Anyway, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. So yeah, I, I guess figuring out ways to release that uh, more consistently instead of letting it brim up is probably a good thing. But mm. yeah, 
That's true. Well, I'm thinking back to our Christmas break and, um, you know, we've been here a while and we've just been carrying a lot of stress with like, are we moving? Aren't we moving? When will we know? And I've gone back to homeschooling my kids this year and it's been, it's been good, but there's been a lot of stress there too. So just all these things. And I got to my mother-in-law's house and we were, it just started as a casual conversation, but the more we got into it, I started really like letting out some of my struggles as a parent and like really, and it, it dawned on me, number one, that I don't do that enough. And like, I don't know if it's that I don't feel like I have a safe place to do it, or if I feel like I'm complaining when I do it or not grateful, or let's face it, I don't have a quiet place to make a phone call and have that conversation in my current living quarters, but um, mm-hmm. I'm not doing that enough. And like, and then I'm like, well, why wouldn't I say it to my mom? And I think for some reason, I feel like if I tell my mom that maybe she would worry more than my mother-in-law would. Um, but I, I was able to just release some things to her and she like gave me such wisdom and like kind of helped some weight with like an issue with my girls that I had told her about. And like, I literally cried thanking her like the next day. I was like, you do not know what that conversation did for me to get it off my chest. I'm going to cry now. But how it helped, like it helped. And I think that's something as we move around a lot and as we are far from family, like we don't take advantage or we don't feel like that that option is there to help have somebody else help carry some of our load. Um, And it is so future Claire and others listening, like don't sleep on your mom, your mother-in-law, your close friends, like they will help you more than you think. And you are not burdening them to share. Yeah. And I have to say, like, even just like through this, you know, exercise that we have now that we're doing this like weekly podcast and trying to pretend like we know what we're doing. I was like challenging. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like challenging myself, you know, in the midst of my like, I'm not kidding. Like cried in three different parking lots, oh. <laughs> like, walking around circles and coals and target. Like, please don't look at me. I ordered food from this restaurant. Like they have a to go option. Like I was in the parking lot and like ordered it to go. So I didn't have to talk to the cashier kind of thing. Okay. <laughs> it was that kind of day. So, but I'm like challenging myself. Andrew's like, I was talking to him about it. Blew up on him. Bless. But, um, he was like, call your mom call somebody else. Like, don't do this by yourself. Cause my, my inclination, and when you just said you're worried about burdening someone, mm-hmm. I'm worried about looking like I don't have it together. Right. You know, like that's my thing. Like if I admit to someone else that I'm losing my stuff, like then that's, that's, that's a ding on me. I feel like I'll never get back. And that's stupid. It's selfish. It's uh, arrogant. It's all kinds of things. So I like, I sent out, I, t- I texted you, I texted mm-hmm. another friend and I called my mom it was so funny. Like my other friends who bless her, she's like, where are you right now? I'm like, no, no, no. It's not like an SOS. Like I'm okay. But, but, and I'm going to tell you right now. And then I went ahead and posted a little thing on Facebook or Instagram about like, as a gratitude. Like I love that I have good right. friends that are there for me, but I had so many people reach out behind the scenes, like DM me, whatever. Hey, are you okay? Like seriously. Yeah. And I, I was like, first I'm like, oh, that's amazing that I have friends that right. step up and really are checking on me. But then I also was like, oh my God. A, a post from me about, hey, today was not okay, was so out of character for me. It alert, alarmed your friends. Concerned. It's like the meme, like, check on your tough friends or your strong right. friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. Why are we all trying to be so strong all the time? Like, what is that? Like, what we're not helping ourselves in that way. Like, we're actually making it harder to receive love and receive help when we need it, when we're trying to keep up this side. So, yeah, well, that's a good segue. And we weren't really sure that we were going to 
share about this on this episode, but I think you you bring up a good point about how we are utilizing in today's day and age, like technology with connection and with our relationships and um, how thankfully for you, when you sent out your signal yesterday, you did have genuine people who cared about and knew you and wanted to like make sure you were okay, but how that's not the case for everybody. And it's such a fine line of like what you're willing to share and what you're willing to put out there. And then do you have the emotional bandwidth to receive the good or possibly the bad that comes back from doing that? Yeah. So, um, you know, this is the week of the last week of January when we're recording this. So this right now is current news. Um, I'm sure there will be more come to light by the time you guys hear this episode. Uh, but a young military spouse in Colorado Springs, unfortunately, just took her life or died by suicide. Um, she had a 17-month-old son who she also took with her. Um, and she was also believed to be pregnant at the time. Um, we know that depression and mental health issues are a big concern in our lifestyle. Um, and there's a there's there's a disconnect a lot of times and and some some feelings of loneliness and being just isolated. not finding your people mm-hmm. every yeah being isolated um and a lot of times the digital world has stepped in and we're all big proponents of you know all the support groups and the facebook groups and everything um apparently um, and her name's tristan watson i should have said that um so tristan uh allegedly reached out to a few of the, the spouse groups um and stated in some way i have no idea how this all went down but you know was asking for help in the groups you know hey i'm struggling nope probably not much different than the posts that I just posted on Instagram, right? Like mm-hmm. it could have just been that. I'm not really sure. Apparently though, um, the comments that came back were less than supportive. I mean, some I'm sure were supportive, but then some were really ugly and, um, that got to her, I think. Right. Um, so, or it certainly didn't help. Let's put it that way. It certainly didn't help their allegations of her being bullied. Um, and it could, again, by the time this airs, a lot may have come to light there, but point being, um, she reached out. She felt like she didn't have people um, for whatever reason. And maybe she either relied too heavily on the digital space. And, you know, given her age, she's 24. You know, she grew up in a different era than Claire right. and I did. <laughs> Facebook didn't exist when we were in, you know, high school. Hang on. Let me go, get my, let me go get my cane real quick before I say <laughs> All right. Um, but we're, we're, we're savvy enough to know how big of a, a role that it plays in our lives. One of our very early episodes we talk about identifying your people, the people that you pick up yeah. the phone when they call you, um, the people you need to pick up for you when you call. And we had the suggestion of putting a little designated emoji by their names. And so when you are in a good, healthy place, do some other things that can be healthy steps toward like having a, a plan in place for the tough days, for the days the deployment gets to you, for the days you are feeling lonely. Um, and then, you know, like in my phone, it's my little leaf emoji. Mm-hmm. And I have a handful of people like my mom, my mother-in-law, my sister, several close friends, you, Kelly, like I know that those people are going to talk me back into like a healthy headspace and they're going to help me rationalize maybe what I have, you know, you know, gotten blown up big in my, my own mind. So I think it's a good thing to, to have kind of multiple layers of that and, um, know, know, know who your people are, but know who you are and know what you need and yourself some some grace when you need it.
everybody. Welcome to this segment of the actual advice that we are uh, tagging on to episode 27, where Kelly and I have already discussed a little bit about family relationships outside of our marriages, but those relationships uh, that can often bring us lots of joy, but also lots of stress with extended family members and trying to parent through some difficulties. Today, I have with me Corey Weathers. You all know Corey. She needs no introduction. But she is the author of Sacred Spaces, the 2015 MSOI uh, Spouse of the Year, uh, does tons of work for the military spouse and first responder community. But I know her as friend. I was so glad that we were stationed together many years ago at Fort Gordon. Uh, Corey, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Claire, for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you. We're excited you're here. Well, we're just going to dive right in. Um, On our previous episode, I actually interviewed Ryan, and we were talking a little bit about One of the important things when you get married is you need to redefine your immediate family unit, right? You've left, you're leaving and cleaving from your parents, and you're starting a new family unit. And sometimes that cannot be such a smooth process when it comes to in-laws and parents who may still have an influence in your life or there's expectations to meet. What have you seen being maybe some of the stresses that that type of strained relationship can cause between you and your spouse, and then the extended family. Yeah, it's such a great point and such a a valid, relatable struggle, I think, for so many of our military families, especially if you're active duty and you're uh, moving a lot and relocating. Like you and Ryan talked about, you you can find yourself, even in a first assignment, being moved away from family for the first time. And it is really stressful, I think, for the couple, the military couple. And I think you and Ryan did a really great job of talking about how um, you didn't know how much you needed it, but it really kind of forced you to kind of make that immediate family connection and really find your support in each other. But you're right. It does cause a lot of stress and tension, I think, with our extended family members, especially if you have family members that maybe have lived in the same place their whole life and maybe you don't know, you know, no other states outside of the state that they're in. Yeah. It can be really stressful because they're thinking, I have to travel to come see you, or I have expectations for you to come back and see us and instead of us seeing you. So it definitely does cause a lot of tension. Um, and I think that that's across the board. I don't think that's unique. I think a lot of military families um, struggle with that. And they definitely, at least I've heard them talk about it. Um, I know for our family, we have we have struggled with that as well. In fact, I actually had a conversation with Matt's mom. I invited her on to, to my podcast to have an authentic conversation with her. And I think that was life-changing and relationship-changing for me and her because we kind of voiced it out loud and we said, hey, like, how has our relationship changed because of Matt and my experience and and military military lifestyle? Mm -hmm. Um, And that was, I think, I walked away from that realizing how beneficial it is to actually open up those conversations with external family members. Right. Ryan and I were given a question at a, a MOPS panel we were on recently And it was, I think it was really from the heart and sincere, but these young moms with young children were asking, at what point do you just decide you can't keep going back home? Either the relationship is strained, um, the the cost and the the difficulty to get back home Mm -hmm. uh, far outweighs maybe the benefit of going. And what would you say to that, like to the young spouse who might feel like we, I can't envision us trying to make this happen regularly over a 20 year career? 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's valid too, right? Because there is a lot of costs associated with going home and trying to make Thanksgiving work. And Thanksgiving is like a two-day event, right? Mm-hmm. So here's here's my rule of thumb, and this is what I tell other people. Um, first of all, I think when you're young in marriage with young kids, it is a stressful season. And I've been there too. Matt and I have been married this year, 21 years. And I remember in those young young years, it's very easy to kind of put your foot down and, and draw this boundary and say, I just can't do it. Um, and I would just want to kind of put a caution out there to young families who might feel that way. So here's my rule of thumb. Try not to cut off relationships, especially external family relationships, unless there is a safety issue. Right. Um, if there's a safety issue, that's a definite reason to set really clear boundaries and and perhaps look at asking for professional help and helping you cut off that relationship in a healthy way. But at some point, we're going to be sitting down with family members, whether it's this year or five years from now at the Christmas dinner table. And we're going to have to have that awkward conversation of why didn't you come home for five years? Right. Right. So keeping that in mind, I just tell people, keep communication lines open. It's okay for you to say, it's just not going to work for us this year. Or it's okay for you to say, you know what, we're going to have to go on an every other year um, routine or pattern. Or you might be Oconus and you may say, hey, look, it's just not going to be possible for us to come home for the next three years. If you really want to spend time with us, we're going to either have to be creative digitally Mm -hmm. or you may have to save up your money to come see us or we're just going to have to deal with what it is. The point is, is that you stay open in your communication to not create more tension Um, and set those kind of expectations for yourself and what's healthy for your family, but really do your best to not cut off family members, even when we find ourselves upset and angry with Mm -hmm. them, unless there's a safety issue, because you're going to have to have that awkward conversation at some point. If it's not Christmas dinner, it's going to be a funeral, right? Right. Um, Which would be worse, in my opinion, a worse time to do it. (laughs) Yeah, that was, that was sort of the same, along the same lines of what we shared. Like you don't have to make an absolute decision of we're never coming but just Mm -hmm. not this year or maybe not at this duty station. Maybe next assignment will be a little closer and we can meet halfway. And um, yeah, that's great, great advice. Well, we want to shift a a little bit to talking about parenting struggles. And um, I know you and I are both probably in a similar season where we're out of that little babies, toddlers, and, but equally as difficult, we have Mm -hmm. teenagers and and preteens and I think for me, I know I'm seeing the the end in sight, right? Or at least that transition out of the home. And I'm I'm starting to think, oh gosh, like <laughs> we have such yeah. a limited amount of time to like do How all much the things. Pressure. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> but can you speak to maybe some of your experience or just some general advice on how to stay connected in your parenting, um, kind of on the same team or with the same Uh, goals in mind as parents when in military life, your spouse is separated from you physically in a deployment or a lengthy um, temporary duty assignment, or maybe they're living in the home, but they are in a school situation where they're there, but they're not there. So what, what are your tips or takeaways on co-parenting with that bridge? This is such a big topic, isn't it? Like you Mm -hmm. you think that we have the answer for it by now. And I think all of us struggle with this in different ways, depending on what's going on in your life. And I know we've gone through deployments right now. Uh, Matt is in school, so he might as well be deployed. Mm -hmm. Um, And we are facing a deployment coming up as well with tweens and teens. And so 
I think um, for us, what we have found, I'll just speak personally for us. I think that we have had to have a lot of conversations over what do we do each of us individually feel good at doing? Like what mm-hmm. is our strength? Um, you know, Matt is really great. I mean, we've, I've got two boys and so there are certain things that are guy things that he's just going to parent better on those guy things. And even as we face deployment, I'm going to like toss him that ball, you know, if it right. comes up, um, that's kind of an easy one, you know, is that like gender issues and development issues and that sort of thing. But I think that talking as a couple and deciding um, when are you at your stress level that you can tag team and know that cue within yourself and just be really self-aware to go, I'm really um, getting overwhelmed or I'm getting really anxious or I'm really starting to feel like my efforts are, are it's just not working. Mm-hmm. And I need to tag team, even if he's deployed, to be able to communicate that and go, I've done everything that I could do today and I really need to tag team your it. Can you help me out? I got to go cool off or I got to go um, decompress and um, it's, I'm just not being effective anymore. So I think it's number one is being self-aware, but I think too is recognizing your strengths and weaknesses. And there are definite things that overwhelm me or get me more frustrated than they do for Matt and vice versa. And so I guess that is kind of self-awareness again, but I think it's acknowledging that you don't have, you know, there's a lot of talk in the military space of, especially if your spouse is deployed, that you're supposed to be the mom and the dad. Right. And I'm, I'm kind of against that mindset. I kind of know what we're talking about because dad may not always be available, right? Or your serving mm-hmm. spouse may not always be available and you might have to figure it out for that moment. But I think as soon as they become available, I shouldn't be required to carry the strengths of both parents. I'm just going to have to be Corey and be good at what I'm good at and be um, really honest with my kids too and go, you know what? Mommy's just not really good at this. And we're going to have to wait until daddy's available and and let you talk with your dad about that. And I think that's good for your kids to hear too. Yeah. I think that's great. I love that um, both, really both answers to both questions, it it comes down to communicating and especially communicating your expectations and um, the self-awareness required to be able to voice those things to yourself, to your kids, to your spouse. Um, Those are all things that I think come with time and experience, but I think when you can just get right to the heart of what's going on and, um, you know, be honest. There's a sense of honesty involved in all that too. I think that's where the real growth takes place. Yeah. And Claire, if I can mention one, one thing I hear from a lot of spouses in particular is um, they say things like, I just don't know how to communicate it. So I think that communication is always the, the biggest topic that couples struggle with is, you know, what's that thing you want to work on? And everybody says communication. And so I know it's maybe hard for listeners to hear that that's the answer is communication, but I just want to validate for those listening that it's okay if you don't have your words and if you're struggling to communicate those things, that listening to podcasts like this help you find your words or maybe talking with a neighbor or a friend in a way that's not slandering your spouse or doing any kind of character assassination or being, you know, vulnerable in an inappropriate way, but going to a friend saying, Hey, you know, what do you do with this parenting topic? And how do you communicate to your spouse that you need more help around the house or that you need that you're hitting your limit with the kids? You know, what are your words that you use in communication? I think sometimes I find that we sometimes find our words if we can seek out the words that other people use, and then it helps us find our own words um, a little bit easier. Or maybe just writing a letter that maybe you don't necessarily give to your spouse or journaling. Mm -hmm. 
to find your words first and then go try and ask for grace and say, you know, I'm not sure if, if I know how to exactly communicate this great, <laughs> but I'm going to try and just give me some grace as I try to find my words. Yeah, that's great. I still remember when Ryan was deployed and our kids were much younger, I had an entire folder of very very cutting and hateful and angry and emotional emails that I would compose to him, but never send. Um, And I did finally delete them because it probably would have been like very detrimental to our marriage if he read them, but it made me feel better to just say it. And to your point, it was able to help me have a vocabulary and even condense and remove some of the emotion when I finally did talk to him. So I had a separate journal for a while there that was the same thing. And I had a password on it because I didn't want even the children to ever find it. But I deleted it at some point because you just need that safe place to vent. Well, for the person who's listening, I know we've mentioned finding your words, but what would be another small step to get back in sync with your spouse? If there is a, um, you know, there is a space or there is a, uh, a conflict in order to, in terms of parenting, in order to get back on the same page, what would be a, a just a simple first step? Yeah. So I'm going to, this one's not going to be about communication. I'm going to go even easier. Actually, okay. Not easy to do, um, but it's an easy concept, and it's going to sound crazy. But I'm going to encourage everybody listening to to just try it, and that is honestly eye contact. I mean, so often I know in my marriage, and for a lot of our military families, where it's crazy and you're passing like ships in the night, we are we find ourselves talking at each other as we're just walking around the kitchen or throughout the house. Rarely do we actually make eye contact and actually have time face to face. And I know I have found in my marriage and in even working on counseling sessions online, I'll sometimes ask couples, just turn your chair and look at each other, like your whole body facing towards each other, completely face to face and make eye contact. And I tell them they're not allowed to talk for 30 seconds. Mm. That sounds crazy. And you probably don't try this when your spouse first walks in the door. They'll really (laughs) think you're crazy. (laughs) Right. But I guarantee you, here's what's going to happen. First of all, you're not going to make it through 30 seconds. You're going to get to 15 seconds and start giggling. One Mm -hmm. of you at least will start giggling and you'll abandon eye contact because it feels awkward and too intimate. And I think that that's the first sign that we haven't been close and connected for a long time and we haven't been in sync. So try again, go back into it and see if you can go into it for a second round and try to make it for that 30 seconds. I guarantee you that if you can get through the giggling, which is just that awkwardness, you will probably find tears soon after. Mm -hmm. And that is where intimacy is. And I think that sometimes we make it too hard. Communication is hard. The lifestyle is hard. Everything is difficult. But we sometimes make it too difficult when we really just need to get back in sync with our spouse and just see them again and let them see you. And I think you'll find that intimacy can come back in 30 seconds because there's no time to talk about hot topics. There's Mm -hmm. no amount of like, you know, yelling at each other, trying to fix anything. You're just being present with each other. So it's a super vulnerable, difficult thing to do. But I promise you, I have seen couples reconnect within 45 seconds doing that. That's amazing. That's such great advice. And like you said, it seems so simple, but has such a profound impact. That's, that's really the heart of it, I think. Um, And we have an episode later in the month talking a little bit more deeply about intimacy and the physical aspects of it. But um, 
yeah, you've got to start somewhere and starting small with something like eye contact is Mm -hmm. a small thing with a a big, big impact. Well, Corey, we are so glad that you were able to join us today. I wanted to give a quick plug. Um, This year, Corey is going to be hosting Independence Wellness Summit that will be available um, from March 2nd, or it's running from March 2nd through 7th online. And military spouses, first responder spouses, there is a free online registration that's open now that allows you um, 10 wellness interviews or access to those interviews. And I know, Corey, you sponsor this, Independent and the USO. Um, what would you tell somebody, like, why why do this? Or maybe share what you told me before yeah. we were recording. It's really an awesome week. And like Claire said, it's free. And there's 10 expert interviews. Um, We have Angela Duckworth. We've got like all, I mean, just amazing interviews on sleep and productivity um, and on your connection with your spouse and a lot of service-related great stuff. And so that free week just gives you a chance to take a retreat for yourself. There's all these extra things that you can do. They give you like you can even get a grocery list and go get all the groceries and cook all the recipes that they give you oh, all cool. week. And so by the end of the week, you feel like physically, emotionally, spiritually, you've just hit a reset button. So independent does a great job. Um, if you want full access, it, you can. there's a price for the full access that gives you all of that stuff that you can do and really dive in intentionally. But if you just want the interviews, it's totally free for that week. So I hope you go sign up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Corey, tell our listeners where they can find you online. I know there's several projects you have going on, uh, but let us know where they can find you. Yeah. So you can find um, more about me personally at coreyweathers.com. And you can also see a lot of the content for military and first responder marriages over at life-giver.org. So it's lifegiver. Um, And there you can find my podcast for marriages, and you can also find the LifeGiver Clinician Directory, which is just a searchable map that lets you search for a counselor in your area that um, specializes or or has a passion to serve service marriages um, and families. So it's a side passion of mine to make sure that we find culturally competent clinicians that are in your local area. And we are definitely looking for more clinicians. So if you have worked with a really great counselor and you would want to have other service families have access to that counselor, please go over to the website and make a recommendation. And I will personally recommend, or I'll personally reach out to that clinician and invite them to um, get on the map. So you'll find military spouse counselors, veteran counselors, um, faith-based counselors, all kinds of stuff available to you there. So um, that's a great place to check all of that out. Well, thank you so much, Corey. We have enjoyed having you on Actual Advice. Thanks for joining us this week on Advice Not Given. For resources and links to all the things mentioned in today's episode, head over to our website at millspogurus.com. That's M-I-L-S-P-O-G-U-R-U-S. If you enjoyed this episode, please help others find us by adding your thoughts to an iTunes review and subscribing so you never miss a show. If you're interested in being a next level supporter of our endeavors, check out our Patreon page. You can pledge as little as a dollar per episode to help us out with expenses. Think of it as eavesdropping on our coffee date, but then sending over a latte. It's a thing. Also, be sure to find us on Instagram and Facebook at Gurus, where we keep the conversation going and where you can share your advice not given. Advice not given.